We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. Two down. Cubs lead by a run. Tying run at first. Martinez at the plate. Bryant guards the line at third. Here we go. Montgomery's pitch. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout. Jumping up and down. Like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over and the celebration begins. Happened three years ago today. Bruce Levine, good morning. Regardless of uh, where things stand on the precipice of a very interesting offseason for the Cubs and for the White Sox, uh, three years ago today was delirium in Cleveland at the end of Game 7. You know, why does it feel like it was longer why does it feel like it's 10 years ago or like the White Sox when they won 15 years ago? Now? It does feel like a long time because the microscope became that much more powerful uh, as it does uh, after a team wins and you enter a different stratosphere and we have picked apart everything the organization has done in just about every single day since. He is Matt Spiegel. I'm Bruce Levine. We are inside the clubhouse 52 weeks out of the year. And boy, is that essential in the offseason because you have a place to go every Saturday to talk baseball in the hot stove offseason right here with Matt and myself. And we will start talking free agency today. We will talk about the end of the World Series. We will talk a lot about um, other things going on in the game as we prepare for free agency, trade season, and the offseason for the Cubs and Sox, which will be essential adding time for both. You can get in touch with us here at 312-644-6767. Text Matt at 670-11. And by the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's, the top restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call soup season in their Northbrook location. While most call it fall, Max and Benny's invites you to soup fest, matzo ball, chicken noodle, crepe lox, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist. The best deli, no doubt. The best restaurant, without question. The best full-service bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special menu, a new menu, rather, uh, and a new meeting place uh, for special events, space that can accommodate up to 50 to 200 people, parties, celebrations, meetings. Max and Benny's is your catering king for the, for the off-season as well as for all year round. 
Ask for John at MaxandBennys.com for great deals. Complete dinners seven days a week, 4 to 9 p.m. Skirt steak, chicken, and the freshest fish in Chicagoland. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. And our new season begins right now, Matt. It's free agent trade and uh, changing your ball club around season for the Cubs and Sox. 131 players became free agents on Thursday. About uh, 46 more could be eligible over these next few days or the, the past couple days. Some are about seven more on Friday. Then you got teams deciding on their options, players deciding on whether to opt out like J.D. Martinez and Steven Strasburg. These teams can offer qualifying offers. They have to make those decisions by tomorrow about whether they're going to offer the $17.8 million qualifying offer. It went down for the second year in a row by about $100,000. Uh, maybe not a lot, but it's They'll have to get by on that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, good luck to everybody with the 17.8. But here we are. We're going to have a lot of players out there. We have our full list here, and we'll see how slow things move. But um, options are available to start thinking about for both sides of town. This should be a really interesting offseason for both sides of town in terms of roster construction. Well, you know, you start off with uh, the guys that are on the team right now. So uh, the story out there is that you, Darvish, will eventually um, say today that he is coming back and not opting out of his contract, which has four years left at an average of about $22 million. Uh, then you have Jason Hayward, who uh, has played four years, has four left. He can opt out. Um, I don't think he's opting out of his contract, which has $88 million left. I do not believe that is the case. The other side of town, how quickly, Matt, do we hear about Jose Abreu and the White Sox getting together and – as we've heard, both sides love each other. Both sides say, you know, we'll get something done. But how far into free agency will it go before Jose Abreu signs a two-, three-year deal with the White Sox? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see how, how quickly they might move there. Um, the White Sox have made a couple of moves in recent weeks, including one a few days ago where they're trading – international signing bonus money in exchange for actual money to the Texas Rangers. The Rangers doing a buyout for Wellington Castillo and the White Sox give up international money. That's got a lot of like hardcore Sox fans upset. But that, they, they, the White Sox have given up the 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 yeah. theoretical money right. that they could spend internationally and are choosing not to in exchange for the Rangers paying them or paying the buyouts on the real money. It's the kind of thing. That's, no, I, I don't. I think the Sox are getting the, the the money, the international money. No, the Sox are okay. giving it up. Well, either way, up Castillo Castillo had uh, a uh, an option on eight million dollar contract. With a five hundred thousand dollar buyout, Texas Rangers pick that up uh, from the White Sox. They get a player back, and then we will figure it out exactly how the international money works here. But um, well, yeah, the international money that the White Sox are are, are are not going to spend it. They're giving that to the Rangers, so that's why some hardcore Sox fans are upset because they're passing on the option to uh, spend money on some young, unproven potential players from uh, the international waters. They have plenty of good players right now. What they need is some veteran players to enhance what they already have. And that's what I think the Chicago White Sox offense will be all about, uh, or or the the offseason will be all about for them as they look toward free agency and trades. Because if you look at the makeup of their roster – 
what do you really have to trade now? Are you done with trades? Are you now in total addition mode for free agency? And if you do make a trade, you're going to be using young people you already have on your team to bring in other people to help you win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think time is now to spend some money, and I think the White Sox want to and add to that roster and uh, and go for it. That's why they're fascinating is, is they – Theoretically, could be putting some finishing touches on a uh, on a contending quality team this offseason. the 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 starting pitcher list is enormous, isn't it, Bruce? It's yeah, it's it it's full of very very interesting names. It yeah. is. Um, you know, we're in an era, Matt, where people, if you turn twenty nine or thirty, and you're a pitcher, people are are worried that your career is over with, and they don't want to offer you anything more than two or three years on a mm-hmm. contract because the money is huge and the risk is even bigger. Uh, and it's been proven out that long-term contracts for pitchers just don't really turn out. They they just, they just don't after 31, 32, the greatest example. And the one that's ignored the most around here now is Jake Arietta. What was the clamoring like for you got to bring Jake back <laughs> Don't get a guy from outside. Bring Jake back. He's a proven winner. He's going to help us continue to win. And the reality is at age 31, 32, he went 10 and 11 with a four ERA two years ago. This year, he pitched half a season in surgery. So the odds are not good when you uh, start to look at free agency this year and you start thinking about the Keikels and the people like that who are starting to advance in age and will want three, four, and five years on a contract. Yeah, if you're Steven Strasburg and you've got four years and $100 million left, are you 100% positive you're going to get a great deal out there? At age 31, that will be enormous and worth your while to opt out and take. His contract is really interesting. So, excuse me, it goes down uh, for a couple years uh, from what it was, but then it goes up in 2023, the last year of the contract, to $45 million to pitch in 2023. Mm. If he opts out, Matt, yeah, and then say, well, you're crazy if you're opting out a $100 million contract and you're 30 years old. If he opts out, he gets $30 million deferred money from the – Washington Nationals. Isn't that interesting? Because they they front they backloaded it so much that even if he opts out, he's guaranteed thirty mil, like three years yeah. of ten mil per in deferred right. payments. So whatever he gets anywhere else, he still he's going to have this. the cherry on top with the thirty million dollars. Amazing. So Washington will continue to pay even though he's not around. That's that's fascinating. Scott Boris type contract language where you know when people are thinking down the line four or five years. He's really thinking down the line four or five years or seven years. In this case, mm-hmm. a seven-year contract. So uh, uh, it's fascinating what a free agency will bring to you, the Cubs and the White Sox. And we want to hear from you at uh, 312-644-6767. Your thoughts about what needs to be added and what type of free agency you want. We will not talk every week here about the same free agents, but we will <laughs> slow our roll and we'll break it down. And uh, one guy who's not a free agent that we don't know anything about for the off season is Chris Bryant, whose arbitration case for uh, his, uh, his contract time is his uh, ability to become a free agent a year earlier has been heard. 
and we'll find out at some point whether he's going to be a free agent in 2021 or after this year. Yeah, this is what's fascinating. So the grievance that he and Scott Boris filed on behalf of him and the Players Association to get rid of the service time thing that the Cubs manipulated, that the White Sox manip- would have manipulated for Eloy, that you know a lot of, a lot of teams have. Um, but it, it has been heard, as you said. We might not get any final word until the middle of December, but there is a chance, as slim as it might be, that he is declared one year further along and the Cubs only have one more year of control of him as opposed to the two that they stand now. So how do you move forward in your off season? How do you move forward in your possible trade talks, not knowing whether Chris Bryant is a two-year player or a one-year player? And uh, Tom, Rickett, Tom Ricketts was on earlier the week with uh, Mully and Haw, and he talked about the fact that it might be months before they hear a decision rendered. Uh, that's that's makes it almost untenable as far as if you were really considering listening from the GM meetings, which start uh, next Sunday to uh, the winter meetings, which start on December 8th for four days. If you really want to listen to conversation about any of your big players, including the much talked about Chris Bryant, I guess that that has a life of its own, Matt. Uh, mm-hmm. Everywhere you go, it's like. Are we trading Bryant? Uh, what are we getting for Bryant? Um, do we need to keep Bryant? We love Bryant. Why are you trading him? So that that seems to be out there uh, for um, uh, the last month or so. Yeah, but that entire conversation and trying to figure out what his value is now is muddied with the fact that you don't know whether it's one year or two. Can't it's, trade him. It's it's like a non-starter. It renders the conversation really. Really difficult. I, I, just in terms of that, Bruce, I'm fascinated. I thought that if, like, in the outside chance that Boris would win this, it would be about clients from here on out. But right. if it's really about Bryant, then what does that mean for all the other guys who are well, players it, it, now? It would impact how those are handled in the future. Sure, but yeah. but impacting it now when teams have for the past several years planned, dealt with their competitive oh, balance no. tax yeah. issues with this, with thinking yeah, that they have sure. certainty on these guys. Yeah, and it's huge because as they thought when uh, they held back, if if you believe they held back from from uh, bringing uh, Brian up after hitting nine home runs and dominating spring training in 2015 during March, uh, if if you believe they, they held back, um, you know, the, the idea that Teams like the White Sox with uh, Luis Robert and Nick Madrigal coming forward, they they won't be able to do that. Even they won't even be able to consider keeping that extra year. Um, what they did last year with um, Eli Jimenez, he was going to the minor leagues for at least two weeks, mm. but uh, four days before spring training ended, they signed him to a forty three million dollar deal. He's not going to spring training, I and mean, he's not going to the minors. Then he was ready for the major leagues. So. Yeah. This is something that's been legal for teams to do, control the contracts. And the Cubs have a good case, I think, because in this situation, Mike Olt was the Cubs' starting third baseman. Yes, the specifics from around that time might be blurry to some, but they really lean towards the Cubs' side of this. Absolutely, because he got hurt. Yeah. So as soon as he got hurt and he went on the DL, they brought up Chris Bryant. So there's a natural progression to that that you can't deny whether or not it was going to be Bryant or not. Um, and it happened to be, you know, advantageous at that point because he'd already passed the time where he would be, that year would be a complete year, 182 days. 
uh, being a complete year for Major League Baseball as you're looking for um, their um, contract control time over six years. And um, it just worked out that way. So I, I don't see how they, they win that case. But again, it's up to an independent arbitrator. Mm-hmm. The independent arbitrator is hired by Major League Baseball and the Players Association. So it's supposed to be sitting in a place of complete impartiality and, and doing this. Yeah, he's hired by both. So uh, he's got no horse in the race whatsoever. And his decision is final. There's no appeal process. So this could be uh, this could be Major League Baseball rule-altering type decision. And everybody's waiting for it to happen, but we don't know when it's going to take place. Boris never forgets. Um, we know uh, how, how he feels about certain things. Let me ask you this, Bruce. Um, do you think that Chris Bryant and Scott Boris have any ill will towards the Cubs for what they did and has that impacted extension conversations to this point? Because it could be that extension conversations that have gone nowhere are just because Chris Bryant wants to reach free agency, and that's and, and he's looking forward to that process. It might not have anything to do with this. I've had conversations with Chris about this, and he, um, he loves being a Chicago Cub. He likes playing for the team. Uh, but I think he appreciates the fact and he learned it very early on that it's a business and that his loyalty is to his teammates when he's playing for them, the Chicago Cub fans when he's out there. But uh, ultimately, the loyalty is to himself and his family uh, down the line as far as what's right for them. So I don't think he's ever been in a hurry to sign a contract. I know the Cubs have made offers to mm-hmm. him over the past three years. He's uh, not... He's decided not to take them. We don't know the exact money or implement implementation of what that contract would be like. But the fact is, is that when I've talked to Chris about money, he says, that's not a driving force for me. He says, I'm making, and I've made a lot of money already. And he has out earned Anthony Rizzo, who's in his ninth year uh, coming up this year, uh, the last three years, just through arbitration mm-hmm. and and Anthony's contract being what it is, you know, so he's going to make somewhere around eighteen million this year. He made thirteen million last year. He made ten million the year before that. So you're talking about a guy that's already made fifty million dollars, okay? Not even counting, you know, what he made when he signed, which was probably about five million. Money is not the issue here. It's it's the business side of it, and I think that um, at this point in time. He's going to go all the way through to free agency. That said, the Cubs have to pay attention to that. How many guys can they afford to let go? Mm-hmm. This is the optimum time with two years left, if it is indeed two years left on uh, contract control. I'm one of those guys who's been bringing it up and talking about it everywhere that I've been on these airwaves or whatever. I really think the opportunity and timing to trade Chris Bryant is now for the Cubs if they get this in their favor and it's two years and that's what you know. I don't think that they're going to be inclined to pay him what he is going to get when he hits free agency. And if you're deciding that, 
then this is a hell of a moment to try and get what you can as you reshape your roster. But that's a longer conversation. I think we're going to have time to have it in future weeks. I, I would hope so. 312-644-6767. We're going to take a short break. Come back. Take all of your phone calls. Ron, Bob, Kevin, Mike, we'll get to all of you. We'll continue to have a lot of fun here over the wintertime as Matt and I explore everything off-season baseball. Uh, as Matt brought up to me before, the award season is coming up. It is. Gold uh, Gloves start gold tonight. Gloves and then, those. Uh, Cy Young, uh, Manager of the Year, MVP. I don't think too many of the – maybe Comeback Player of the Year if you consider um, – Giolito is one of them. as a comeback. Although he, he's one of the three nominees. Do you, you have to have somewhere you came back from. Uh, Jorge Soler is, is another one of the nominees in the American but League. But, I mean, do you have to actually have had – Apparently not. <laughs> I, I mean, I, th- I always thought that you did, but apparently yeah. you can just be bad now and then be good. And they call and that a comeback. comeback. That anyway, we'll good. be back with you right after this break here. This is Inside the Clubhouse. You're listening to 670 The Score, 670thescore.com. This hour is brought to you by the Illinois Secretary of State's office. Visit www.realid.ilsos.gov. Ron Coomer at 10 o'clock. Dan Plesak at 1030 on Hawk Harrelson and much more. It's Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats host Purdue in Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single-game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale at nusports.com. Bruce, I'd love to talk with you at some point about lessons learned from the postseason and the World Series. And uh, uh, Yeah, we right? can talk about not the best team, but the hottest team winning the World Series. And how about, um, once again, second year in a row, maybe it's every year, boy, contact is good to make. It's nice to make some contact and uh, put we, the bat on the ball in crucial we, situations. Were you like me during the World Series that every time there was a, actually a ground ball hit to the infield, that you were in shock? Because <laughs> there was actual something besides strikeout, walk, yeah. home run, or fly ball to the outfield. Last, you know? last year I talked to all offseason about J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts being good two-strike hitters, and that's why the Red Sox won. And this year we can talk about Michael Brantley popping it over the infield. Right. We can talk about um, Anthony Rendon hitting it the opposite way to drive in Trey Turner for the first well, run in I, his five I, RBI game. I thought the, the at-bat of the offseason, uh, the, the at-bat of the postseason, rather, was Kendrick hitting one 328 feet off the post to right field mm-hmm. on a great pitch. Sure. I mean, a great pitch down, away, uh, off his shoe tops, um, just going with a pitch, and uh, it changed the course of the World Series. I love that, dude. He's too old, and he doesn't play defense very well at all anywhere. So well, Then he's qualified to manage almost anywhere in the major leagues <laughs> well, right now. He's an American League guy, I think. But, man, that guy. And, yeah, he was angry because after Will Harris struck him out in Washington, he pointed at the uh, – he screamed and pointed in the, in the White Sox uh, – or the, the Nationals' dugout. 
And they remembered that, and he remembered that, and he went up and he tried to make sure that he got contact, and he did what he did. Well, I just, I just love the series itself because uh, for the first time ever, the home team didn't win a game, which was – it's just awesome – I doubt that you'll ever see that again. We never saw it before mm-hmm. in the history of the game. So, you know, it's totally unique. Uh, the length of the games, we can we can talk about that at another point. It still is a little bit too long, too boring, and the um, certainly the TV ratings uh, show that out. The segment that you're listening to is brought to you by Amazon. Holiday hiring at Amazon starts now. Earn up to $16 an hour. No resume, no previous experience required. Choose from a variety of shifts. Find your opportunity at Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Where do you? Where does your team go in the offseason? Free agent, trade, hopefully right here at Inside the Clubhouse. 312-644-6767. Matt, let's... Uh, Talk to some people. This is Mike in Frankfurt, Michigan, first up on Inside the Clubhouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. Uh, Bruce, I'm a Sox fan. In a sense, I could care less about the Cubs, but from a strategic perspective, as the Cubs plan, how does Ricketts, who's a smart guy, um, rely on a president who is going to be out of, leaving in two years, who has made it clear that 10 years he thinks is the limit? How, as a businessman, do you make these important decisions when your senior guy is a short-termer? Well, you know, it's a fair question, uh, Matt. Um, I don't know. I mean, Theo was a short-termer when he hired um, Joe Madden to a five-year deal three years past his time. Uh, there was no problem then, you know. I mean, you had you had a, a, a president of a baseball company, the Chicago Cubs, um, making, um, something like, I don't know, I think 4 million, three or $4 million a year at that time. And he went into the last year of his contract. He didn't sign that contract until right before the playoffs in 2016. And it didn't impede him or the organization from doing what was right for the organization going forward. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I guess the the question is, is Theo going about his business with the mindset of bleeding everything dry for the next two years, then moving on to the next thing in yeah, his but life? Why, why would he bleed it dry? What would be the point? Uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think he is going about his business like that because right. I think he might be leaving it behind for Jed Hoyer or for Scott Harris but, but I or mean, somebody like but that. We're talking about a consummate professional who's – imprint on two franchises is historic that'll be going to the hall of fame that would you know we're talking about um him tanking you know i mean why would he want to tank his at at what he does best or as good as anybody in baseball well i I think the caller's wondering at least as far as i read it like if his heart's into it if if he's thinking long term or if he's only thinking about these next two years you know i i've met a lot of executives over the years and theo and i are not like close friends off the you know off the grid as far as dealing with each other I can just tell you I've met a lot of people that want to win badly but I don't think any anyone more than Epstein that I've met honestly so I don't think it's in his DNA to to not be there and try to do the best for 
this team and the organization moving forward. Yeah, I, I think if he does indeed leave in two years, which I think a lot of us have, have figured, I think he's leaving it behind for a, a close colleague or three or nine or a hundred. I mean, so, so I do think he, yeah, he is I mean, thinking long term. The, the, the Cubs could be in a total rebuild in two or three years. You know, they could be going through what the White Sox went through. I know it sounds ludicrous, but, you know, they did it once before – and the attendance dropped from 3.3 million to 2.6 and 2.6 is still damn good there's teams out here uh, out there in major league baseball that would think they were the biggest success in the game if they could average 2.6 million so it's within the realm that there will be a rebuild down the road for the Chicago Cubs at some point. Well, if you're a big market behemoth like this and you spend to this point and you build to this point, you often end up with a rebuild situation unless you draft brilliantly, consistently, and for a long period of time. And and it, so you keep stocking yourself with cheap young talent. It's hard to do when you're when you're going to the playoffs every year and you're drafting somewhere between 24th and 30 every season mm-hmm. that you're going to the playoffs. This is Ron on the south side on Inside the Clubhouse on the score. Good morning, Ron. Hey, good morning, guys. You know, off-season baseball talk is almost better than regular season. Really appreciate this show. Um, two things. One thing you all been pointing out is the White Sox need uh, a, a John Lester. Now, the White Sox typically do not sign free agent pitches, particularly to a long-term contract. So I want you all maybe to comment on that. And maybe even throw out a couple of names. I know um, Wade Miley is a name that you had mentioned um, through the season. So, uh, and lastly, we, they know, we know the White Sox need a left-handed bat. Uh, Matt, you mentioned J.D. Martinez, but he's right-handed. But, I, you know, I've been hearing some rumors that he may be, you know, White Sox may have some interest in him. So maybe it might be some left-handed outfielder names on that list. I haven't had a chance to look at the list yet. So if you all can just take those on two comments. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. Left-handed outfielders Cole Calhoun, if the that Angels, yeah, if the Angels turn down his option. Right, there's a million-dollar buyout and a $14 million option for 2020 that has to be dealt with. Nick Markakis at age 36. How about Adam Eaton? I know. <laughs> He's... He's uh, he was he great in the World Series. Yeah, it's a club option. Obviously, they're picking it up for nine point five million. I think so for uh, for a guy. Uh, and then Jason that high. Hayward. Yeah, um, eighty six million remaining on his contract. And then you're down to Melky Cabrera and John Jay. I I don't think you can be picky in terms of handedness as you look for an outfield spot specifically. Really? And you might have to. And like if Nick Castellanos, if Alex you can, Gordon or Brett uh, or Brett Gardner. Yeah, well, Brett Gardner's a very interesting player who's still awfully good yeah, and a, a really good clubhouse guy. He had a guy. really good season. Yep, and yeah. a really good clubhouse guy can play a little center for you, obviously, in a pinch, knows what he's doing. Um, and so th- that's a very interesting name for both sides of town, but he is 36. So. Yeah, the, the White Sox offered Gordon a three-year deal when he signed the four-year deal with Kansas City, and I think they're happy mm-hmm. they didn't because he's had – a ton of down years uh, within that realm. For in terms of starting pitchers for the White Sox, realistically, once you get past Cole, um, how about Zach Wheeler, Jake Odorizzi? Those, Those are guys, two in, good names. I, I think they're both real interesting names. And Wheeler's a guy; he's got an injury past, but boy, right now he is healthy and throwing the ball really, really well. Yeah. Again, you know, you you always worry about uh, years two, three. You know. Um, Will the guy do what he needs to do? And mm-hmm. is it 15? Is it 17? Is it 20 million? I mean, what is the going rate 
for a third or fourth pitcher now? Uh, I mean, are we up to 13 to $15 million a year for a, a number four? I Yeah, you know, Keiko, you and I have talked about Keiko. I did bring up Wade Miley during, Miley during the course of the year. But is there anybody, I, I know he loves to hit, so maybe he wouldn't come here because he wants to be in the National League, and you'd be paying for some years that will probably get bad towards the end. But the player, the postseason pitcher of the year for this decade is an absolute badass as a person, and that's Madison Bumgarner at age 30. Madison Bumgarner at age 30 to come and show your guys how to win, how to go about yep. their business and be, you know, isn't the that, face of your pitching staff. Isn't that uh, job called pitching coach? Yeah, but he's still pretty good. I know. 3.2 war on the year for Madison Bumgarner. Okay. Uh, how many years would you trust it? Three? Four? Okay. I mean, how much? How much do you trust it for? $20 million a year? Uh, I, I don't think he's going to get that. I think, I think at his age, would you offer him three uh, for $50 million? Three years, $50 million from Madison uh, Bumgarner? I would. I, maybe. Maybe. It just depends on what your beliefs are, what the physicals are, um, mm-hmm. you know, how much you think he has left, and how much is that leadership, you know, here's how we do it, boy, stuff. Um, how important is that for a young pitching staff to have a – a veteran like that to to lead. Normally, when you bring in a guy like that, he's going to be the ace of your staff. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be your ace. No, it'll be, be Giolito. Right, right. But but he uh, doesn't have ace stuff no. any longer. But but I don't I don't I don't know how much that would that would right. matter to him specifically. So, you know, getting back to the economics of it. Um, I, I, so Chatwood uh-huh. is making thirteen million dollars a year. We don't know if he's a starter or reliever going into two thousand and twenty. Is that the is that the new norm? Thirteen to fifteen for a fourth, or dare I say, fifth starter? I think so for a, for a, a stable rotation arm. Unless you can throw one of your yeah. very low priced kids in there. Yeah, what's the difference between a four and a five now? I mean, can you can you put a, a number on it? How, how about the fact that Zach Granke went as deep as he did in Game Seven? That's as far as far as he went since like the middle of September. Right. For Houston, they just it, it, even them and even a guy like that they didn't trust to go very well. Deep when you in go games. in, when you get into an organization like um, uh, the Houston Astros, you're they're going to the metrics are going to determine what you do. Hmm. I mean, if you have uh, that, didn't apply to Verlander or to Cole, did it? No. Um, well, that's yeah. That's because Houston has uh, some secret spin rate sauce. Yeah, but I mean, the secret with Verlander and Cole is. They're horses. They're number ones. They're going to be, um, they're going to keep, now they're going to get better with some of the metrics help they get from you in those organizations. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, what we learned in the postseason was, yeah, uh, bullpens are pretty important, but aces are still king in Major League Baseball. If you can really have guys you can lean on to go deep well, into games and multiple times. You want to go to the World Series this year, you would have had to have it. Well, I uh, if uh, we'll we'll have plenty of time to look at it, but the names of Keuchel and Bumgarner, Wheeler and Odorizzi, and maybe Miley are going to be the starting pitcher guys. I'll be thinking about three one two six four four six seven six seven. Get in with us, Matt and I. will keep talking to you. We have uh, Ron Coomer joining us at the top of the hour. Dan Police at the bottom of the hour. You the entire show, and uh, we're going to take a short break here and come right back talk to you. The rest of you, because uh, the phone lines are open for Inside the Clubhouse. On 670, the score. 
Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. Let's take some phone calls before we move on to some guests next hour, Bruce Levine, shall we? This is Kevin in Palatine who wants to talk about the Ford Frick Award. Quite a list of nominees for that Ford Frick Award announced this week, right, Kevin? Yes, and uh, Bruce and Matt, I have a question, two questions for you. One, as far as about free agency before we get the Ford Frick. I think what was proven last year, and I loved Garrett Cole within four minutes of that season ending. Garrett Cole said that he was no longer an employee of the Astros, and uh, he was looking forward to his free agency. I think last year, this is about cold, hard cash. It's not about brother-in-laws or warm nests or any of that nonsense. This is about who has the most money and where you want to to live. But as far as the Ford Frick, Bruce, uh, Tom Berducci and several other writers last year said, that Reinsdorf basically strong-armed the undeserving Harold Baines in. So what I'm worried about, I love Pat Hughes. Are we really going to pass over a classy, self-deprecating great guy to put that hillbilly idiot Hawk Harrelson in above him because Reinsdorf has so much influence? Come on, man. That guy doesn't deserve to be in any Hall of Fame. Wow. Mm. Kevin, harsh words. Boy, there's a lot to get my head around him. Uh, here, here's how it works. It came from a very specific so every three, perspective. Every three years it rotates uh, on the different eras of broadcasters. This is the this year is now the uh, local broadcast time. So um, uh, the other years you have your national broadcasts, uh-huh. and the other years it's your um, uh, old time broadcasters. That's the three different divisions, and they're they're rotated. So so this group won't be voted on again for another three years. Interesting. Because this list is unbelievable, by the way. Joe Castiglione has been doing it since mm-hmm. I was a kid mm-hmm. in Boston. Tom Hamilton is phenomenal for mm-hmm. Cleveland. Dwayne Stats is a legend, as he's been doing it for Tampa. Mm-hmm. Plus Pat Hughes and Hawk Harrelson. It's an incredible list. Ned Martin from Ned Martin. Boston. Yes, I mean, uh, so it is an incredible list. Um, and only one of them can, can the be. Question, the question yeah. is. Is it? Are you dissing somebody else if you're adding a broadcaster this time? In other words, are the other guys not worthy, or is it just this person's time? So, I mean, you have Mike Shannon on that list. Oh, that's right. Mike Shannon has been broadcasting Cardinal baseball for almost 50 years. Um, whether he's a great broadcaster now or not doesn't really apply. What applies is... What has been your contribution for the amount of time that you've been a broadcaster in those markets? So uh, I, I haven't answered this guy's question. All I can say is I believe Hawk Harrelson is deserving of going into the Hall of Fame for the iconic broadcaster that he was in, in Chicago. Mm. Pat is certainly one of the great broadcasters in the history of the game and will go in at some point. I don't know if it's this year or not, but... I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if you have to break it down to, well, if one gets in, it sucks because the other should have gone. Well, knowing the way that the voters operate, the only two that are not active are Hawk and Ned Martin on that list, right? Everybody else theoretically still going, could still be up for it next in three years. Right. Hawk is done, and this is a moment that makes sense for Hawk to be the vote getter. Well, you know, again, uh, I don't think there's a wrong pick. You know, if, if you can tell me a wrong pick on that list... You know, I'm I'm open. I I will help you understand the essence of what that broadcaster was in those markets and how great they were within the realm. And and Pat Hughes is as good as anybody that's ever broadcast. 
and he's going to go in. Is it going to be this year? We'll find out on December 11th. And I know people have their strong opinions about Hawk in lots of different directions, but in terms of being an icon and representing an entire team and franchise and fan base for decades and inventing vernacular, I mean... Well, I, I mean, people use it every day. Every day. You know, I mean, again, All across the you, don't have to, you don't have to love Hawk Harrelson to understand the impact that he had. And that's, that's the only thing that I would uh, ask people to look at. You might have hated him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have loved him. But you never ignored him. This is Greg in Griffith, Indiana, on the score. What's up, Greg? How are you? Hey, guys. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, I, I got an, a thought here that, you know, with the White Sox, if they do not nail the very first signing with, you know, a big-name player, nobody's going to want to come and play with them. You know, we need some proven depth to this team. We need some proven superstars to this team. Because we don't know if this talent that we got in the minors is going to pan out. We don't know what's going to go on with our starting lineup with the pitchers. So they're, they're going to have to throw some money at somebody. You know, and they can't be nickeling and diming them like they tried to do with Machado last year. You don't give incentive pay to a proven superstar. And, you know, I kind of just want to just, you know, get you guys thought don't, on that. Don't you think they are thrilled that they didn't get him after – what transpired in 2019? You, you think they are? You think they're thrilled after Machado's season? Would you rather had uh, Machado or Moncada at third base this year? Uh, this particular year, uh, you and know, for the future. But but it's it's both for the future. You'd rather have both. You'd rather have, I didn't, have a spot I, That wasn't for the both. question. The well, question was whether whether or not. You are thrilled. I don't, I mean, think, I don't what, think it's a fair question. What, you would have played oh, Moncada somewhere else. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I'm saying out loud. You can say it's a stupid question. <laughs> you can, that I can relate to that. But I, I, I don't think either or is actually the question. Well, I think you know, both the, are the, one. The reality is is that Machado had very little impact for the rote numbers that he put up on the board. Uh, but the overall idea that they may have to overspend to get the guy they want to say yes, I think is correct. Well, didn't the Cubs do that? Yeah. Well, uh, well, they certainly did for for Hayward. They, out- oh, they didn't oh, no, do Hayward actually was less for the Cardinals. They gave Lester the biggest contract in in franchise history. Oh, you're good at distracting me and taking me, <laughs> you know, and changing the conversation. Well, you're I mean, very it's back to that. that guy's question. You know, uh, <laughs> will they be able to get an impact guy? And do they have to overspend to do it? I think everybody overspends when you get an impact guy, don't you? Um, often. Often. I, yeah. I think to prove that you are a destination like the Nationals had to do for Jason Worth way back in the day, you know, right. you're going to have to spend like crazy to do it. Right. 670. The I'm going to think about some more fair questions. <laughs> well, no, I think unfair, unfair is okay. <laughs> unfair is fine. I just might. I'm coming back with fair questions for Ron Coomer. There you go. When he joins us at the top of the hour, Dan Plesek <laughs> at the bottom. Matt and I will figure this out and have a kumbaya session <laughs> before we get back. 670, the score is where you are. Coomer's next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.